0: What's up and welcome back to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Bill Rossetti, host of Locked On Panthers. Bill, how you doing, my man?
2: Good James, good to be back with you here. It feels uh, so long since we did one of these, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's been quite a while. All the way back to week 2 and it's amazing the emotional changes that both of our fan bases have gone through since that time, of course, that was the Thursday night game in Carolina that the the Bucks came away with the win. Since then the Bucks have Lost one and then won one and then lost one and then won and then lost and it's been a mess. But the Panthers, since that game, Cam Newton has not played. But the Panthers are three and zero. What's been going on in Carolina besides Christian McCaffrey having more total yards than the New York Jets as a team? What <laughs> What's been going on to lead to this this run of success here for the Panthers? You know, it's it's funny
2: how how things work and having a healthy quarterback really has just been the key difference. I think Um, it's quite obvious. And and even going back to that, that first game against the Buccaneers, it's clear and obvious and, you know, no pun intended since the NFL loves to
0: use that phrase a million times during their games anymore with the pass interference. (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. even when it's clear and obvious it doesn't necessarily clear that i know i'm I'm sorry i I have to look up webster's Uh. dictionary and remind
2: myself of the definitions of clear and obvious after this season (laughs) but it, it was clear in that game that cam newton was just banged up and it just limited everything the panthers could do and now that you have kyle allen who's healthy who has a strong arm can just be a good leader on the offense. It's just opened up so much for this team. And it's been really fun to watch over these last three weeks. DJ Moore get a lot more involved in the offense, Curtis Samuel. And then of course, like you said, Christian McCaffrey is just having a ridiculous season. So it, it's it's all about the health and that's what we talked about from the start of the season with the Panthers it's all about the health of the quarterback situation obviously we were thinking it would be the health of Cam Newton now of course we're talking about the health of Kyle Allen but that that's ultimately been the difference in the first two weeks of the season you know it's, so far it's a tale of two seasons the first two weeks of the season and the last three the last three weeks of the season so far but that's been the key has been the uh, the play and The health of kyle allen
0: now are there are there questions starting to arise as to whether or not cam newton is going to be the panthers quarterback much longer
2: i mean you you figure there's going to be rumblings from whether it's analysts or just fans or whatever there's always going to be rumblings I still feel that when he's healthy, Cam Newton is eventually going to take his place back as the starter of this franchise. The question now, of course, is when is that time going to be? You know, we fig- we started to figure, and of course Cam's already been ruled out for this week, which is not a surprise because we figured that even as as late as like one or two weeks ago, We're starting to just figure, okay, the Panthers are just going to let Cam rest because you have the bye coming in week seven. So we'll see leading up to week eight what the status of Cam is. But Kyle Allen has showed he can can run this offense very well. And we know the Panthers are still pretty high on Will Greer and have some sort of future plan for him. So it may not be a quarterback controversy yet, but I think we're – slowly starting to get there perhaps 2020 or so
0: (laughs) yeah i mean just just from the outside looking in it looks like cam newton may not ever get back to the quarterback that he once was at this point he's so banged up and he can he can get himself healthy but how long is that going to last because it seems like every time he trots out there it's it's a shoulder it's a foot it's an ankle mm-hmm. it's an elbow it, it's something uh you know i think early on in his career is starting to catch up to him at this point that you know he was he was running the ball and and doing a phenomenal job in doing so but he was doling out punishment to these defenders but at the same time taking on a lot of punishment and i think a lot of that wear and tear from early on is really starting to catch up to him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you even saw it in the first Buccaneers game. I mean, the, the team really shied away from quarterback sneaks and just letting Cam run the ball more than he was used to on a lot of these third and short and even fourth and goal – or fourth and short situations. I mean, just look at the final play from scrimmage when the Buccaneers stopped Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton, well, he's on the field, but – um it became clear that he was not going to be involved in that play at all. That was Christian McCaffrey clear as day. Tampa Bay figured it out and they stopped him two yards short, and that's that's how the Buccaneers won the game. So he do, he doesn't have that running ability anymore, like you said, that's gone. the The injuries have obviously piled up on him, and it's probably weighing on his mind, and clearly it's weighing on the, the Panthers coaching staff as well. You know, Ron Rivera can come out and say, "Oh." That fourth down play call didn't have anything to do with Cam Newton's foot or anything. Well, clearly it did. You know, yeah. don't try to BS us. You're, you're clearly worried about the foot. Otherwise, you're just going to run Cam up the gut and get that first down and keep the Panthers alive. Instead, you try to get too cute and sprint McCaffrey to the left, and he doesn't even get close to the first down. So it's weighing on everybody's mind, and it's it's in in a way it's it sucks to see too because you know cam like you said used to be an amazing quarterback an amazing athlete but those days are gone and now you genuinely have to question the future of both cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers as a franchise not necessarily the panthers in a bad way but obviously the quarterback situation for sure
0: now there, there's absolutely no question that Christian McCaffrey is early on in the conversation for NFL MVP. He's had yeah. an absolutely incredible year so far, except against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. The Bucks, the Bucks went on this run where it didn't matter how big a, a name running back they, they were facing, it didn't matter where they ranked, whether it was McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley. They were shutting down the run game. With Kyle Allen at quarterback, the Bucs may have to respect the passing game a little bit more than they did as the the week two matchup progressed. You know, We saw Cam Newton, even when he had open receivers, was off his game. On the flip side, this Buccaneer secondary is allowing more passing yards than any other team in the NFL. So even if they shift their focus to McCaffrey, you're you're looking at a team that will give up yards to the quarterback. And and Kyle Allen, I mean, he's he's no Cam Newton, but he can get the job done through the air. What is going to be the recipe? for offensive success for the Panthers in this game you know, to to kind of counter what we saw in that Week 2 matchup where they just could not get anything going.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them really try to air it out because this Buccaneers team is kind of going back to their old ways in terms of being pretty beatable it, uh, in the passing game, like you said. I mean, they're they're really down there and just looking at the last couple of weeks now yeah the offense put up 55 but their their defense still got shredded a bit by the Rams and the Saints which you know that's obviously not a knock because we're talking two extremely good offenses in the Rams and the Saints but the fact of the matter is the Buccaneers are still being beaten quite soundly in the passing game and you know Kyle Allen hasn't had to do a a whole lot in the passing game since he came in, but he's done plenty enough to make defenses respect him. And I think that that's going to be the key. I, I would not be surprised to see them air it out to DJ more, um, more than they have, you know, get him more involved. Now, I, if I remember correctly, I, th- I think he and Samuel still had a lot of targets in uh, in the first Buccaneers game. It's just a matter of, You know, now that Allen's in, I think there's a a much better chance that a lot of those passes are going to connect versus what you saw with Cam Newton. So if they can just continue to be in sync, I think uh, Allen and these receivers that is immensely going to help help the Panthers' chances because McCaffrey now, you know, really you just hand him the ball and he he just makes things happen. So you know with without an injured quarterback to f- focus on or to not have to focus on rather as, as the case may be, uh, it, it's likely going to open things up a lot more, I think f- for McCaffrey. So, um, but more and Samuel, I think really become important pieces in this game. If the, if the Panthers want to win this one.
0: All right. Now <clears throat> for the Buccaneers, the key is they have to get a win in this game. Plain and simple, you you can't go into the bye after being two and two and then go in at two and four, one and two in the division. This is, again, you're looking at another must-win game for the Buccaneers. Offensively, the Buccaneers have done a a pretty solid job this year, but we're seeing these trends where O.J. Howard is is just simply not involved in the offense. Mike Evans has almost become an afterthought to the explosion that is Chris Godwin. But this is an offense that can put up, as we saw against Los Angeles and and against um, you know, the Giants again, you know, even against the Saints. This team can put up points. So, is there is there a matchup that worries you from a Panthers defensive standpoint as to being able to slow down or or stop the Bucks' offense?
2: I mean, you mentioned uh, him yourself. He's explosive. Chris Godwin I was a huge Godwin fan coming into the season and he has he's even exceeded my expectations I thought he would do really well and he's just blowing the roof off off of it and it's I even have him in fantasy in one of my leagues so he's been making me very happy so I'm not saying (laughs) that just because he's been doing well for me in fantasy but or because he's a fellow Penn State alum by the way too I'll throw that out there but uh We knew he had the talent. We knew Godwin, this was his potential breakout season, and he's been nothing short of that. So without a doubt, he's probably the biggest worry. And, you know, like you said, O.J. Howard has been quiet. Mike Evans had a dud last week, um, who, who, by the way, I also have him on that same fantasy team as well as Chris Godwin, so we're kind of balanced out. But (laughs) Chris Godwin – he can just beat you in so many ways. So, yeah, the, the the biggest worry no doubt for me right now and as much and I love Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin has just been outstanding and he'll he'll beat you in a number of ways.
0: Well, and I I will say you're a braver man than I. I have this rule in fantasy football. I will not draft any players from the NFC South outside of Buccaneers. But, yeah, and I do have a caveat. I will pick some up off of the waiver wire. I will trade for some. I will not absolutely, without question, I will not own a Carolina Panthers player on any of my fantasy teams ever. And that is a stance that I've had for the better part of a decade.
2: <laughs> fair. I mean, fair enough. You know, everybody has their... As their tweaks. I just kind of roll with the punches, you know, I'll, I'll draft Carson Wentz and then they'll turn around and draft Dak Prescott. If, if the case may be. So that's, that's, that's just how things roll. I guess in fantasy. I,
0: I blame Jake Delhomme and Steve Smith. I have an unnatural hatred for the Panthers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and now they will be forever in Panthers glory in the, in the ring of honor.
0: Oh, Steve Smith's the worst. I can't stand watching him on NFL Network. That dude. Oh, he drives me nuts. But man, what a hell of a football player. Nothing but respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness.
2: That's okay. Most people just watch NFL Network for Kay Adams anyway.
0: Oh, I love K Adams. Love you, K. <laughs> no, well, and I, I'm a big nfl network guy because rich eisen is my media idol i absolutely adore that guy he yeah he's uh, incredible
2: yeah it, it's great what what a run he's had
0: all right well back to uh yeah. Yeah, anyway he and T and crumpets before on, this becomes on a love fest. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah when i when i take a look at this matchup bill it's to me, it really is anyone's game, and it goes back to exactly what we've talked about so far. The, the Bucks' defense being susceptible to the passing game. Kyle Allen really, really playing well, stepping in, getting the job done. As you said, the having a healthy quarterback has really transformed this Panthers team early on in the season. And it's going to be one of those games that I believe is, is going to be a shootout it's going to be one of those where each team just keeps throwing haymakers as hard as they can because really neither team can afford to lose you you have you have the panthers and correct me if i'm wrong they're the only division game that they've played this year is that buccaneers game correct right yep okay and they do not so, have
2: another division game until week 11 after this one
0: Okay. Okay. So you would have a, a Panthers team going into the bye at three and three, zero and two in the division with a loss, mm-hmm. whereas you would have the Bucks going into the bye as I mentioned earlier, two and four, one and two in the division. Um, neither team can can afford to lose this game because you're really starting to put yourself behind the eight ball in terms of being able to compete for the postseason. This is. Mm-hmm yeah it's funny we we mentioned that week two was almost a must-win game for for either team after struggling in week one and now we're talking about it again here in week six that that neither team can afford to come home from London with a loss uh with that in mind Bill what is the key matchup that you are looking for in this game Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
2: I, th- I think, well, even before matchups, I think one of the biggest stories to watch, at least in practice for the Panthers, is going to be the status of Dante Jackson because, um, you know, he's missed the last couple of games with an injury. If he can't go, then you're likely looking at Ross Cockrell, which, you know, with all due respect to Cockrell, he's been playing great and he's just so versatile. But it's still a little bit of a downgrade, and I, I still worry. You know, with between him and James Bradbury, who's been inconsistent, Trey Boston's been very up and down. This secondary, and, and they showed it week two, this secondary is very susceptible to the talent that the Buccaneers present on. On offense at wide receivers, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's Chris Godwin, you know, like I said before, Chris Godwin really is that guy that can really start to take over an offense and against a team like the Panthers, he can really beat them. So I'm really, really curious how they're gonna, how they're gonna game plan for these guys the second time around. And then, um, I'll I'll go in the trenches because I always love talking about the trenches. I did so last last week when I was talking with T and the and the Jaguars, um, Brian Burns has just been an outstanding force as as a rookie so far. He's really been as advertised. And I know the Buccaneers are dealing with um you know a little bit of concern. I think I think they've got some injuries. I know Kappa I think they said was actually playing with a broken arm yeah. against the uh <laughs> against the Saints. You know, so, the, so they've got some concerns there on the offensive line. So Definitely. the Panthers, that's a spot I think they have to to really take advantage. You know, they've done a fantastic job of getting to these quarterbacks and, and really causing pressure. It's really one of the biggest reasons they've won these last three games. They sacked Kyler Murray eight times. They sacked Deshaun Watson six times. And, um, you know, they put a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew and had that key fumble the key fumble recovery with a few minutes left in the game as well as of course brian burns fumble recovery for a touchdown in the second quarter but you know as big if not bigger was that late fumble as the jaguars are driving and possibly looking to win the game and so this defense just has to continue to play or at least the front seven just needs to continue to play as top-notch as they have been these last couple of weeks, and really get Jameis Winston off his game and slow up that offense and limit the opportunities that Chris Godwin can have to beat this offense.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned the offensive line for the Buccaneers. Both the starting right guard and the starting right tackle will not play in this game. You mentioned Kappa with, with the broken arm. I mean, and hats off to Kappa. Good grief. The dude breaks his arm in the second quarter. And finishes the game, and then after the game, told the media it was just a bruise. I mean,
2: wow. And, and I've broken my arm before, too, playing football. And, and now my injury was, you know, it was obvious. It, it was quite obvious what happened. So, you know, I guess it depends on the severity, but still. And, I mean, let's remember, this is a kid that um, was nowhere near Division One. But the great folks at the Senior Bowl, and this, of course, was back when Phil Savage was still running it, they spotted him, they brought him to the Senior Bowl, and he had a fantastic week. And he he proved he belonged to the big boys, he proved that he belonged in the NFL. And, you know, that's a credit to the Buccaneers as well, because it's not just him, but it's Ali Marpet as well, mm-hmm. from uh, from Division Three also. So, you know, they're, they're finding these these small school guys and really developing them into really good players. So, yeah, you know, a lot a lot of respect for Alex Kappa to be playing the way he did, especially against the Saints team that we know can can really bring the fire on defense, especially with, you know, a guy like Cameron Jordan. So, you know, hats off to him.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, my, my dark horse player for this game is going to be Cameron Brait. And I realize the tight ends have not gotten involved very much, but here's why I say it's going to be Cam Brate. With the injuries to the right side of the line, although O.J. Howard is an elite-level pass-catching tight end who's just flat-out not being used, he's so good in both run and pass blocking that they are going to have to utilize him on the right side of the line 75% of this game in a blocking role. He's going to have to provide that help. And I think that's going to provide opportunity for Cambray to get a few receptions in this game. You know, and I'm not saying he's going to have a, a huge game, but I could see four or five receptions, maybe three or four of them going for first downs, you know, on on third down plays. You know, just enough to be able to kind of keep drives moving, but they are going to have to have help because the Buccaneers offensive line was already questionable enough as a whole. You lose your starting right side. You have to have help all day long or you're right. This Panthers front seven is going to end up tearing Jameis apart, much like we saw with the pass rush from New Orleans. You know, they had three sacks on one drive in the fourth quarter, and, and the Bucks just cannot allow that. So I expect to see a lot of blocking done by O.J. Howard in this game, and, and that, to me, is is the key matchup. It's how, how the Buccaneers offensive line is going to respond to these injuries and prevent the pass rush from getting to Jameis and creating just an absolute disaster of a day. Uh so it's it it all boils down to the trenches, as as you said, and, and as you love to talk about, that is the key matchup from my standpoint is the Bucks offensive line versus the Panthers pass rush.
2: Yeah, and then I, I obviously I'm right there with you, and you know, I I gotta give the Panthers a lot of credit too because obviously they've been playing the last couple of weeks without K1 short and you know, normally you would see a team, they lose a, a top player like that, and they just start to crumble. But Vernon Butler has come in. He's stepped up, you know, and there was a lot of worry with him, especially with this being his final year. You know, can he actually kind of take that next step? Well, he's been starting to, and he's been really playing well in, in place of K-1 short. So, um, yeah, like like I said, this, this is a big step, I think, for this front seven. Um, you know, Burns has got to get there. Addison's got to get there. Haynes has got to get there. They they've gotta get Jameis Winston kind of off his game. Because that's you know, it just seems like that's where a lot of teams have success because Jameis Winston, you know, he can struggle if he has to be on the move a bit. And like I said, if you can limit the poss- limit the opportunities that guys like Godwin and Evans have to take the top off the defense and really, you know, stretch your defense and beat up on your defense, if you can limit that. Then I think the Panthers will be okay. But if not, then I'm really concerned that Chris Godwin's gonna gonna burn them quite a bit as he's had the last couple of weeks against against some of these defenses.
0: All right. Well, with that, Bill, let's give our score predictions, and uh, I'll uh, I'll defer to you. What do you, how do you see this game playing out?
2: This is tough, you know. These games are always fun, and I, th- I think we might have even said that the first time we talked. But the, but this is going to be a good game. Um, we'll see how these defenses and like all this talent how how it'll translate because we know when when you go to London things can get pretty weird. Um, you know, just look at last week's game. The, the Raiders are out to a seventeen nothing lead on the Bears blow that lead, but then come back late and win it. But I think the Panthers are going to win this game, but I'm with you. I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I, I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I am going to say Panthers 35, Buccaneers 30.
0: Well, when we did this the first time around, <clears throat> I picked the Panthers to win. And if we've learned nothing else from the beginning of this season, it's this. Even numbered weeks, the Bucks win. <laughs> and by God, it's an even number week. Uh, I do think it's close. I do I, I don't think the Buccaneers shut down McCaffrey the way they did in week two, but I think they do enough to keep the Panthers offense at bay and and the offense gets their act together yet again. Bruce Arians said it to the media on Monday. If you have leadership, you don't lose two in a row. And I think this team does have plenty of leadership. They're still kind of finding their way. Give me the Bucks, 33 to 28.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Not bad. I mean, like I said, these games are always fun. They could honestly go either way. I would not be surprised, you know, couple of bou- lucky bounces of the ball one way or the other. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's especially for the, for the Panthers. I know the Buccaneers have been there before um, this, this is foreign territory to the Panthers. They've obviously, this, this will be their first time playing in London. So this is all, all, all new for Carolina. So we'll see how they, how they take it in. And, you know, obviously The time change is going to be a factor, you know, how, because the the Buccaneers have been there before, so they can, I know it's been a while since they've been there, but they can kind of understand um, how to mentally prepare their bodies for, you know, the drastic time change, whereas the Panthers haven't really done this yet, so I think that's going to be, if if we're talking like deep, I don't even know if I'm going to say x factors, just like weird Snippets to watch for and weird keys to the game, I think that's another interesting one for the Panthers is can they um you know adjust their time to- their their body clocks uh t- to get ready for this game, especially with being so early you know I mean for us here on the East Coast, it's gonna be nine thirty in the morning when we start watching this game, so you know it, it's it's just those weird snippets that just make football fun. But uh you know we'll we'll see how much of a factor that actually is.
0: All right. Well, Bill, buddy, always a pleasure.
2: It's always fun to talk to you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, like I, I always say it every week. You know, I, I love crossover Wednesdays. I, I really do. I love getting on with, with the hosts. And then especially these uh these divisional matchups, whether it's you or Aaron or Ross, they're, they're always a lot of fun. So it's good to, you know, in a way though, this is bittersweet because I mean, this is already our second one. So we're done for the season. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only week six.
0: Yeah. Well, unless, you know, the stars align and we end up talking in January, you never know. Yeah, never, the NFL's you never a know. wacky Maybe the
2: Saints lose like five straight and these teams take advantage. We'll <laughs> see. You never know.
0: Yeah, it's it's so hard to tell. I mean, so so much can happen in the span of just a couple weeks in the NFL that you know nothing is nothing yet everything surprises me. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's the beauty of football. All right. Well, make sure you're checking out everything Bill is doing at the Locked On Panthers podcast, over at the Panthers Wire, and on Twitter at Bill. Re- it's, it's Bill underscore Rossetti, correct? Yes, sir. All right. At Bill underscore Rossetti. That's two C's and two T's. Check out everything I'm doing over at the Locked on Bucks podcast at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at Locked on Bucks at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely terrific day. And thank you so much for joining us right here on Crossover Wednesdays.